Hey everyone, welcome to No Left Turn Podcast, where I take a sharp turn into hot and timely topics, news, and current events. And then I take a deeper dive into stuff more people should know about. I'm your host, Gayla Taylor. You can subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcast fix. Join us on Facebook to engage more with me and other podcast listeners. If you like the show, please take a few seconds and leave a review. You don't have to write anything, just stars will do. It's one of the most effective and meaningful ways to show your support, especially for the smallest podcasters, not just me. Now grab a coffee, buckle up, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, as I have mentioned before, and something you'll probably hear me mention quite often is divine intervention. When I have my alone, quiet time, which ironically is an empty nester, isn't too often. I will turn off the television and listen to absolutely nothing. In those quiet moments, I meditate. I reflect on where I am, what I'm doing, where I want to be, and most importantly, I open my heart for God to speak to me to deliver signs that confirm I'm moving in the right direction, or sometimes I get an overwhelming feeling that, I don't know, I'm supposed to take a detour or something. Today, I came across some things that I created back when I practiced manifestation. I'm a big believer in the law of attraction because I've experienced the rewards of manifestation numerous times. I'm bringing this up now because it somehow feels like the best way to christen this podcast, a virtual holy water anointing of sorts. Here, let me share a few examples of what I'm talking about, just in case you're not familiar with manifestation or the laws of attraction. In 2007, I was in a very challenging relationship. I'm seriously trying to be nice here. I was always on the lookout for an escape hatch. One afternoon, I had picked up one of my boys who had hung out with his girlfriend at her grandparents' house. When I walked into that house, I instantly fell in love. The house literally felt like love. It was beautiful. The house was not on the market, so I'm not sure why I felt so drawn to it, but for some odd reason, it just felt like home. About a year later, my relationship had gotten so much worse. In fact, on Father's Day, he and I had a huge fight. One of the kids called the police. When they arrived, they asked what what seemed to be the problem. I told them he wouldn't get a job. That's what the problem was. He had extreme out-of-control spending habits that I was forced to pay. The man would buy Franklin Mint coffee cups. I mean, $40 coffee cups. He didn't drink coffee, tea, or even hot chocolate for that matter. He had a hobby that kept him out in the detached garage a lot where he purchased electric heaters, seven of them, and ran up $800 plus electric bills. It wasn't like I could shut the electricity off. I mean, my kids and I had to live there too. I was at the end of my rope. Just after Father's Day, my cousin called me to see if I would keep a rescue dog for the weekend. She had a home for him, but they wouldn't be back until Sunday evening. So I did. His name was Eddie. He was precious. Unfortunately, less than a week later, I learned the hard way that Eddie carried Parvo. 
My tiny Yorkie that had only had her first round of vaccinations was exposed and was getting very sick. At the same time, we had horrible storms with massive flooding in the area. Farmers that were right around us said that they hadn't seen that kind of flooding in over 30 years. I woke up to find my finished basement was flooded. My tiny Yorkie was extremely sick. There wasn't much I could do about the basement, so I just shut the door, said a prayer, and took my little Molly to the vet. She did test positive for Parvo. The vet sent me to an emergency vet that fortunately, back in 2008, was one of the best Parvo clinics in the country. When I arrived at the emergency vet, they came out to the car in hazmat suits, and the the vet tech was holding two sets of papers. I had two choices. I could sign to have Molly treated, which could cost up to $6,000, or I could sign to have her euthanized. I bawled my eyes out. I said, if this was my kid, you wouldn't ask me to make this choice. I told them to treat her. I was not going to euthanize. When I got back to the house and went to the basement, there was still water just pouring in around the basement windows. Everything was, I mean, there was like three feet of water standing in the basement. There was mud and just muddy water everywhere. Everything was ruined except one plastic tote that was floating on top of the water. In that tote was family photos and a collection of things my boys had made me in school. I called my dad and asked if he would come and get that tote and take it home with him and store it in my old upstairs bedroom in the closet. I was feeling completely defeated, knowing I couldn't do anything else until the water stopped pouring in around the basement windows and until it could be pumped out. I went to my bedroom and just cried. I begged God to help me. I felt like I was losing everything all at once. I looked at my nightstand where I had a book. The book was written by Darren Rouse, also known as Pro Blogger, around the net. I had worked with Darren for a few years and had purchased the book in support of him. Something told me to read. Just read. So I did. In that book, was a formula to determine the value of online real estate or websites. I realized pretty quickly that I was sitting on a very nice piece of prime real estate. And if the formula worked, it might be the miracle I needed. I made photocopies of $1 bills and I turned them into $100,000 bills. I hung them around in prominent places around the house where I would see them day and night. It wasn't like counterfeiting money or anything like that, so nobody called the FBI. I had actually gotten the idea from Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. On my website, I had two primary affiliates listed who knew how much they were paying me, so they knew what their portion of the value was. Both made me an offer, both countered, and within three days, my website sold for $98,500. Not exactly the hundred grand, but it's pretty darn close, don't you think? Later that week, the vet called me and Molly was better and she was ready to come home and the bill was $800, a mere fraction of what the original estimate was. 
It took a few months to get everything cleaned up, but I did. And more than ever, I longed for God to provide me a way out. I told the man I wanted a divorce. He threatened me and said that he would take half of everything I had. I didn't have much after that flood, but what I did have, I had before him. And there was no way in hell I was going to let him strip me and my boys of what I had worked so hard for. In August, 10 months after I fell in love with that house, it was on the market. I had the money to put a sizable down payment on it. I knew it was mine. Because of the threat that had been lodged against me, I crafted a plan. I worked with my dad to get that house and for it to be in his name. I was as cool as a cucumber getting moved and settled in. The spending escalated, and a couple of months later, the fights were explosive. I was done. I told him to leave and that I wanted a divorce. He made the same threat again, and I told him I had nothing. There was nothing but my car and my name. My dad had purchased the house and that everything inside belonged to him. He was enraged. He insisted on being the one to file for divorce. I told him I didn't care how it got done as long as it got done. He wanted it to show in the paper or on the public records that he's the one that filed. I really didn't care. I just wanted him gone. The last day I saw him, he left before the kids got home from school, but not before placing the barrel of his shotgun on my shoulder. I told him I would rather be dead than to live one more day in that nightmare. Strangely, though, I wasn't afraid. I had done what I needed to do to make sure that my home, our home, would go to the boys by way of my dad if anything happened to me. The only time I spoke to him since then was when he called to say that the papers were ready and that I needed to go sign them. Fine. I went to the attorney where they informed me that he had told them I would pay the remaining balance, which was $1,700. I asked how much he had paid. They said 30. I was like, fine, whatever it takes. I just want this over. The boys and I lived there for a couple of years before I met my current husband. I loved that house so much. When I look back on the first time I walked in and fell in love with it, I know now that God was showing me exactly where to run and eventually showed me when and how to get there. That was my first experience with manifestation. Before buying the house, every time I would see the girl and her grandparents, I would always mention how much I loved that house. I was manifesting before I knew what manifesting was. The next experience with manifestation was the sell of that same house. I was engaged at the time and we had made the decision that wherever he landed a job after his employer had shut down to move to Mexico, that would determine whether it would be me or him who would sell our home. The boys really liked the idea of switching schools and his home was most convenient for his new commute. So I put my home on the market in June. I printed a photo of the house with the for sale sign in the front yard, and I altered that sign to read sold. 
I manifested that the house would sell before the boys started their new school year. I closed on that house with a small profit two days before the boys' first day of school. And this was at a time when the economy was really bad and real estate was not selling. So to sell at a profit, that that was pretty big deal. The next time was when my husband and I decided to purchase a foreclosure and it looked like it had a lot of black mold in it. No one wanted to touch it. The real estate agent didn't even want to go in with us to look around. We got it really cheap. And it turns out that the black mold was contained in small areas around the kitchen skylights. And the other spots that they thought were black mold turned out to be from ash where some moron had tried to burn wood in a gas fireplace. There's a chain of lakes in northern Indiana that my husband grew up spending summers there with his grandparents. So it's kind of sentimental. So when we got married, he wanted to look for a lake house or a cottage up there. And what we liked, we couldn't afford. So we devised a plan that we would get a foreclosure, we would fix it up, and hopefully and eventually maybe make enough profit that we would be able to invest in a property in the area that he ultimately wanted to be. And in the area where he wanted to be, there was this adorable little yellow cottage that I just fell in love with. But at the time, uh, the three boys were still at home and a one-bedroom cottage did not make any sense. But as it turns out, when that little yellow cottage did go up for sale. It was a good time for us to sell the foreclosure that we had bought and fixed up. And it worked out perfectly because we were able to sell the foreclosure for just enough to get the little yellow cottage that I wanted. And the transaction went very smooth and just seamless. The way that I had manifested that yellow cottage was that from the time that we started looking around at at properties up there. That's the house that I took a picture of and I kept that picture on my phone the entire time that we were working on the foreclosure to fix it up, knowing that that's where we ultimately wanted to be. Now, those are the biggest experiences of manifestation and it coming to fruition that I've experienced, although there have been plenty of other times but those are the biggest. And that convinced me that manifestation is very real. The Bible even says confession brings possession. So I know it's not some sort of witchery or sorcery. It is a God thing. Over the last couple of years, life got in the way. And frankly, while I prayed often, I didn't manifest my desires. And boy, I should have. If you're not familiar with manifesting, here's a short crash course. Now, first thing you need to know is there's a huge difference between manifesting something and wishing for something. Manifesting is not simply dreaming, hoping, and wanting. In fact, they are completely opposite. And here's why. Manifesting is preparing your mind to get you what you want. It removes obstacles. 
It essentially retrains your mind and your spirit to get what you want by helping you see it, feel it, and act your way to what you want. Wishing is the opposite because the moment you make a wish, you are in the present. With manifesting, you are declaring what you want in the future, and then you take action and empower yourself to get it. Wishing reminds you of what you don't like or what you don't have. When you wish for something, you hand the power to outside forces. I know you've probably heard the quote that we are one decision away from a completely different life. Well, we're all where we are because of choices we made. Manifesting is changing your thoughts to help you move forward and get to where you want to be by inspiring you to take action. The biggest obstacles to getting what you want are self-doubt, fear, excuses, and the stories you tell yourself that hold you in the present. There are several ways to practice the habit. My preference, well, my preferences are a vision board, counting my blessings instead of sheep, and journaling, or some people call it scripting. Manifest scripting or journaling is the practice of writing down your manifestations. You'll write them in the form of a letter to God or the universe, whichever you prefer, stating that you are thankful and give gratitude as if you have already received your desires. Counting blessings when you're lying in bed, just before you fall asleep, start visualizing the perfect day ahead. The mind is most programmable when you're in that very drowsy state. Another thing I like about the laws of attraction is learning how to speak my truth. As you're changing habits to improve yourself and your life, it's a good time and place to focus on what you allow from others. People treat you how you let them. It's okay to speak up and let people know when their words and actions cause you stress or pain. Internalizing your truth is known to have big and negative impacts on your life. When you internalize your truth, you create discord and friction. When you can't express yourself, you are forced to deal with behaviors of other people that you do nothing about. Manifesting is not about a life that's nothing but hearts, flowers, hugs, kisses, butterflies, and joy all the time. There will be difficult times when our lives and emotions fluctuate into what feels like, an, I don't know, maybe negative abyss, but that's how our emotions regulate. So don't give up. We can't appreciate the blessings if we don't experience some pain. Just like my story about the house that I fell in love with, it did not become mine until after a lot of trauma and tragedy that ultimately led me to the purchase of that home that I loved so much. You have two choices. You can choose the path of peace, acceptance, and personal responsibility, or you can remain stuck on a path of lies where you're not good enough, you'll never be good enough, and you're not worthy. And let me tell you, you, you are worthy. 
If you have manifesting stories to share, I would love to hear them. And if you decide to start, I'm excited to see where life leads you. Please do let me know. And with that, that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you for listening. I'll catch up with you soon on No Left Turn. Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of No Left Turn. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you'll show your support and share it with others. Post about it on social media. And don't forget to leave a star rating and maybe a short review. You can connect with me on most social media platforms. You'll find all the links listed in the description of this podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.